What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. We got plenty of, of, of interesting news regarding the Batman. We got some casting information. So that movie is starting to fill out in terms of what we, we'll be expecting to see once that movie finally releases. So we'll get you the latest updates on that. Also on today's show, uh, we'll have some updates on what's happening in the Marvel Universe, what's happening with uh, some projects that we haven't heard in a while in terms of Birds of Prey. We actually got some promotional um, material. I don't, I can't say for sure if it wasn't because uh, last week I said that they had a terrible promotional campaign so far that, of course, the following week they come up with content. So we'll break that down. Um, some interesting news regarding what we'll be seeing from CW's crossover. Uh, so a lot of ha- stuff happening. Of course, we got some episode recaps to get to. So we'll be recapping the newest episode of Titans, episode three, Ghost. And we'll be giving you guys our season recap of Krypton. We haven't uh, talked about Krypton in a minute, but we, me and Shamari caught up on the entire season. So we'll tell you guys what we thought about Krypton and what was now uh, a series finale that came on about a month ago. So plenty of good stuff happening. Should be a great show. Kendall cannot join us today. He is not here, but he's, of course, always with us in spirit. But uh, joining me is Shamari Stewart, as always. Sham, what are you looking forward to talking about today? Oh, well, I'm looking forward to talking about Titans, as it seems like we're doing every week now, which I, I which I'm not upset about uh, at all. I enjoy it's the that. only show on besides Pennyworth, which we can't watch because yeah, well, Epics watch. cause Epics decided to just drop DirecTV or whatever the situation was. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. They had a trial going on. They're like, oh, you want the whole package? You got to pay more. So, well, we're not gonna pay more. So <laughs> that's settled. Is that really what the situation was? Yeah. With DirecTV, you got to pay more to get Epics. Yeah, we had a tr- we had a trial because they were giving a trial, I guess, for everybody. That's ridiculous. But then you had to pay more. Yeah. And, I, and our direct TV like cable, we don't got into like the basic joint. No, we got like a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't know Epics, why Epics didn't like, get covered in it, but I just so yeah, I, I just got Spectrum um in New York uh in my new apartment in New York City and and I also don't have it and I have Gold Spectrum, <laughs> so I'm like. What I need the platinum, platinum spectrum in yeah. order to get it's like, it's epics. Not like, it's not like Game of Thrones is coming on in that joint. So, so yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. But um, either way, I'm looking forward to talking about the shows. We haven't talked about Krypton in a while, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to talking about the Batman because I'm very much looking forward to talking about that movie. I am definitely interested in talking about Krypton because now that we have the uh, wherewithal of realizing that this is the final season, I'm curious as to what you thought about how they wrapped everything up or in my opinion didn't wrap everything up <laughs> in some instances uh so we'll talk about that a little later in the show but let's begin talking about uh the latest news regarding the batman and this is kind of breaking news as we record this podcast on monday night but um by multiple reports the first one being hollywood reporter uh james uh, excuse me uh, uh, uh jeffrey wright is in talks to play commissioner gordon in uh in the in the batman movie that's of course being um I can't remember the director's name. Uh, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. There you go. Who's being uh, directed by Matt Reeves. Um, Robert Pattinson is lined up to be playing Batman in that movie. So Jeffrey Wright will be playing Commissioner Gordon if all the negotiations work out. Also being reported uh, this day, um, Jonah Hill being eyed for a villain role in the movie, according to Variety. And then Collider is saying that villain role would be Riddler. So a lot of people, when they first heard about Jonah being possibly in this movie, they jumped to Penguin because we've we've been hearing about how much uh, Reeves wants Penguin 
but now we're hearing that that, uh, that uh that Hill will be playing the Riddler, which I, honestly, I know we think about what uh, what uh Jonah Hill used to look like, and I think he jumped the penguin like, oh, that makes perfect sense. But like, if you think about how much he's lost weight and how much better shape he's in now, like he doesn't have to play someone like the Penguin, uh, yeah, the Riddler. Certainly could make sense. So, um, what do you think of this of this uh, casting situation with with Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon? We knew we heard. Uh, I think we reported a couple of weeks ago that. Um, that Reeves was looking potentially for a person of color to be Gordon. Whoever the person they were talking about before, I didn't. I didn't think was a great idea. I don't remember who it was, but uh, I remember I don't saying, remember right "Yeah." But I remember we talked about it. and I was like, "He doesn't really sound like Commissioner Gordon to me." But whatever. Um, but Jeffrey Wright. So far, what I've seen from the uh, reaction from fans, a lot of people are super excited about Wright being Gordon. I I have to be honest with my viewers, listeners. I I've not seen anything jeffrey wright is in though his face is super familiar so that makes me think maybe i did and i don't remember but then looking at his you know imdb page and just everything he's played he's been oh, in a lot of things he's been in a ton of stuff i don't remember watching any of these things yeah i because I've, I've never seen hunger games um i know he was in hunger games uh i know he's in boardwalk empire I've never seen Boardwalk yeah. empire yeah i mean there's so much stuff i mean he's in westworld he's yeah in never seen horseman he's in adventure yeah, bros all these movies he's in all, boardwalk empire yeah all of these are extremely popular franchises <laughs> that i've never <laughs> that watched. i just happen to never watch yeah yeah so we are probably the <laughs> the worst people uh in this regard in terms of this specific casting but considering the track record he has does this make you excited to see what this caliber actor can do in this role as Commissioner Gordon? Uh, it does. I mean, um, I mean, we've talked about you know the whole situation with them looking for more black um, or people of color um, with regards to uh, the characters in the Batman universe, and I think it's a very interesting take. Um, you know, similar to uh, other characters in Batman and that we've talked about where they've changed the race. I don't think there's anything about Commissioner Gordon where it's like, no, this has to be a white guy. For sure. So I think is you know I mean if they uh, you know feel like adding some color to the movie would be good and I'm all for it. Um, uh, I do like the resume. <laughs> if I just go based on the resume, I mean it seems like this guy's a very 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 um, uh, uh, he, he's very accomplished. For sure, he, he has is, a uh, lot of experience. He's been nominated for an Emmy three times, having won once uh, for his role in Angels in America. Which, by the way, he actually won an a Tony Award, you know, for his 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 Broadway performance of that same role he played in that right. movie. So, I mean, that film, that production, um, and he's also been nominated for a Golden Globe as well. Wow. Yeah. So you know, it's uh, uh, the resume I think speaks for itself. So I, it's I think it's a very good sign that they're looking for um, top tier talent for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it just lends itself to to uh, the fact that they're really going all in on this movie. And it's Warner Brothers, so you expect that. You know, you expect they're just it's kind of a blank check. Like, whoever you need, let us know. <laughs> yeah. And they'll go get the – they'll be like – they'll just get them. Um, so uh, – and this is a type of project where you know people are going to go to the movie. So I feel like a lot of high-name uh, – uh, a lot of big name actors are going to kind of gravitate towards it. Batman's been in the movies for years now, mm-hmm. you know, going back to decades. So this is a movie you know people are going to go see. So I'm I'm excited for it. I'm very much uh, looking forward to see him as seeing him as Gordon if he is Commissioner Gordon. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, 53 years old, so that seems to be right in the wheel. That's right. Real hustle, what you would want Commissioner Gordon to be. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, the casting. Um, We understand he's super talented, and uh, I'm intrigued by some of the other roles he's played and how he would uh, make that transition to Commissioner Gordon, but I do have a lot of confidence in Matt Reeves. Obviously, we both are very familiar with Jonah Hill, so if we're talking about Hill being Riddler, um, I, I I could I could see it. I guess the problem. I mean, I don't know. I've seen Jonah Hill play so many different roles now at this point. Right. I mean, you. I mean, I think he has kind of a. In, we kind of have a vision of what he is in our head, and sometimes it's hard to shake it. But I mean, he's done an excellent job of trying to shake that whatever uh, preconceived notions we may have of him based on. Super bad, you know. Super bad, and uh, in you know, Twenty One Jump Street, Street. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and his guy, he was in Moneyball. I mean, we've seen him in, in plenty of other different right. kind of roles, and he's a phenomenal actor and a he's great talent. Yes, Riddler is it, it, Riddler is an interesting one for me. I, he's not someone that would have jumped out to me for Riddler. Uh, Riddler takes himself so seriously, even though he obviously is a playful person. I would be interested to see how Jonah Hill is able to kind of balance that because Jonah Hill is so naturally funny. It's how do you like Riddler? Riddler's funny, but he doesn't know he's funny, you know. So like, like could Jonah do that without being over the top? I guess it would be like because Jim Carrey, for example, was extremely entertaining, but way over the top. I mean, that like he poured it on way too much for Riddler, <laughs> but. That's what you get when you sign Jim Carrey. So like I, there's no, I have no issue with what he brought to that character. That's Jim Carrey. But I think in terms of if we're trying to get a true Riddler performance, you need someone who's more subdued than Jim Carrey. And of course, Jonah Hill's everybody's way more subdued than Jim Carrey. Um, but I, but I, I do wonder if he can make that. He can balance that. And um, honestly, when it comes to a Riddler casting, I think Gotham hit the nail on the head with. Um, I forget his name. Oh yeah, I don't remember his name, but who they had as a Riddler mm-hmm. was perfect. For he sure, he played that role so well, and he looked the part. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of looking at the guy, I'm like, yeah, this is the Riddler. He would be the Riddler. He would lose it and end up, you know, planting bombs all over the city. Yeah. And- Shout out to Corey Michael Smith, by the way. Yes, Corey who played, Michael Smith, who played yes. uh, Riddler and Gotham. Yeah, he was a he was an excellent casting. Yeah, phenomenal. One of the one of the best casting they had on that show. I think Absolutely. maybe besides Penguin. I think he's right up there. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I was personally I was hoping they would go someone more along that those lines in terms of just physically how they look and um Yeah, I agree with that. Like you know, that like Corey Corey looks like the Riddler. Like, he looks whatever, like the Riddler. whoever you think the Riddler would look like, like he looks like him. It's it's great. And then you have a guy who looks the part but then also can play the role so play damn the well. Role so well. Is impressive. Yeah. Like Jonah, again, like I said, I don't look at him and think Riddler per se. Um, but it doesn't mean he can't do the role well. Right. It's going to be, uh, you know, I, I think that what's exciting to me is um, we know that this movie is not going to be the Riddler movie. So when you talk about uh, the blank check that Warner Brothers has for this film, so you're getting Jonah Hill play a character that's probably going to be in the movie for no more than 10 minutes. Right. That says a lot about the blank check that they're giving Matt Reeves yep. to get the people he wants. Uh so that's also really exciting because 
if you're talking about, I mean, we can we can kind of mull over whether or not Hill's the, the perfect fit. The fact that that's the kind of caliber person they can get for a role that's going to be no more than 10 to 15 minutes, that's pretty impressive. It is. And, I mean, Jonah Hill's extremely talented. Uh, so I don't, personally, I don't doubt that he could play the Riddler. I don't think, I don't doubt it. I, that's, I just have a couple of reservations. I don't doubt his talent. So I feel like if yeah. anybody could do it with his talent, he would be able to. Yeah. Um, but it is going to, it is going to take some, some getting used to could just be based on his look alone. Mm-hmm. I do not see the Riddler. I, with Gotham, the person that was playing Riddler in Gotham, I absolutely did just mm-hmm. from the get go. And the one thing about Hill also is he also kind of falls a little bit into that. Like, he, like you know, uh, we talked at length about how much I disliked what Batman Hush did with the Riddler and how they tried to make him more of a joke. Right. Um, but, like, I'll, like, as I said then, and I'll say it now, the Riddler is an iconic character. Let's not get it twisted. So to have Hill playing Riddler and he's only going to be in the movie for not that long, there is also that thing of, you know, his impact's got to be strong, and his impact can't... I can't think... I don't want to watch the movie and think, I'm watching Jonah Hill. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's got to... I got to be lost in it, and, and it's got to be the Riddler. Like, if he... That's another... A little bit of a little bit of a uh, trepidation I may have is that, like... You know, if this was a, a Riddler movie where he's the centerfold, the centerpiece of the movie, then maybe I'd feel a little better because Jonah would be allowed to let the character breathe, and I won't be... No, instead of it feeling like a Jonah Hill cameo, like it will be a full movie of him playing the Riddler and you get used to it. That's the other thing I have is will people be able to get lost into the movie when you have such a big star playing a role that again we don't unless the movie we could be totally wrong. Maybe Riddler is the main villain. That then we have had no indication that that was the case right. from any of the reporting, but reporting's been wrong before and it seems like they're keeping a lot close to the vest with this Batman movie, so anything's possible. But that could ever be a thing, too, is does he drop in and instead of it feeling like a Riddler cameo, does it feel like a Jonah Hill cameo? Right. That's going to be very... That's why it's going to be crucial that he's able to come in and be the Riddler and be authentic and not be Jonah Hill's Riddler. Right. And honestly, I think he's proven at this point that he's not... Like, he's not like Will Smith. Yes. You know, I, or, I do or, or The Rock. Yeah, where it's just gonna be like this is who the character yeah, is. Yeah, or like, no or like Sylvester Stallone, like you know, right? At a certain point, those guys just are who they are. Yeah, I agree. Hill is definitely distinguished himself as an actor. Not to say those guys can't act, but right. those guys are what they are. And yeah. Hill, I think, is shown has to be way more amendable to whatever he's playing. Right. So, uh, so it'd be a great uh, task for him here. But I'm excited to see him try to pull it off. Me too. And hey, who knows? Maybe we'll get a legendary Riddler. Similar to how Heath Ledger did Joker. You never know. Um, but uh, moving on in, in the show here, uh, this is coming out a little bit, uh, I think a couple of days ago, maybe even earlier today. But um, we might have a new addition coming to the uh, Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. According to Daniel RPK, Kevin Feige has his eyes on Ghost Rider. So Ghost Rider, we all saw how great Gabriel Luna did playing that role on uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we know that there's a Hulu series happening, or at least it's been reported. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet, but I'll say has it. Uh, but th- that's been but that's been widely reported. I think Hollywood Report I think might have had that one as well. Mm. So that is interesting that a show a, a character that's supposed to be getting their own show on Hulu, not Disney Plus, is 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 possibly in the fold for plans regarding the MCU. 
that would be, under my estimation, the first time any MCU, solid MCU plans, or at least not solid because this is a rumor, but any plans of, of anything regarding a character from something that wasn't a movie right. is, is, is in the fold that's not Disney Plus. I'm thinking this is probably an audible somewhere. I think I, I do think, think that do you think that Hulu series is still happening? It might not be. Mm, that's what that's what I think. You know, because I didn't even hear about the Hulu thing. We talked about it on the show. I don't know if you weren't here. How long, how long ago was that? It was a while ago. It was months ago. Yeah, so but I'm, we definitely talked I'm about it forgot. because it's, who is is Ghost Rider and Hellstrom? They came out and they came out oh. with the news on the same day. Yes, yes, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, I don't know if that's happening. Mm. You know, if if. I mean, if this is true, this may not be true. Yeah, I mean, I mean Marvel make. I'm trying. I got. I got. You could keep talking. I got to look this up. But. Yeah, Daniel RPK seems like, you know, he has good sources, but sometimes sources aren't good. <laughs> so, or sometimes the sources think they know something and they don't, or you know, whatever. So, um, I mean, this may not be true, but if this is true, if Feige specifically has plans for Ghost Rider, then I don't think he's gonna end up on Hulu. Um, uh, so yeah. I don't know because they want all their Ghost Rider. They want or they want all their everything that's canon to be either Disney Plus or um, in the movies or both. So yeah. I don't think they're trying to make any space for Hulu or Netflix or any of these other streaming services. Yeah, the Ghost Rider stream. The Ghost Rider, by the way, that movie, that show was confirmed by Marvel and Hulu. Really? Yeah. And then Gabriel Luna then confirmed that he was going to be the guy. Uh, he was gonna be the flaming, flaming skull. Mm. It, I don't know. I, I, I tend to go backwards from what you're saying. I kind of tend to think that if anything is not happening, it's or Daniel might be off with the fact that that Feige's Go, gonna... that Ghost Rider is gonna be in the MCU. Yeah. Um. But I mean, the one thing I can say is I think Marvel's relationship with Hulu seems to be a lot better than whatever the relationship they had was with Netflix. ABC. Or Netflix, <laughs> yeah. Well, Netflix. I mean, what relationship? <laughs> um, but with but with a, with ABC, I would say even I would say they had issues with ABC, um, right. which is why this Ghost Rider series is supposedly not a spinoff of Agents of Shield. It is something else, um, which is a little upsetting for the Agents of Shield fans who loved Gabriel Luna's right. backstory and the things they established with him there and how much they change it and. They, reboot so to speak or whatever they're calling this right um but that makes me think that maybe i don't know how much how quick ghost rider is coming into the fold but it could be a thing where they have a deal with hulu where feige is gonna be a lot more you know hands-on about how they establish ghost rider in this series and then that may be their way into including him in because if there's one thing you know i think i feel like this this new phase feels like it, it really does feel like a true reset for marvel I think it's their way to kind of look back. They have to reset in some ways because, you know, they killed off the yeah. main character. You know, Captain America's off, you know, at least Steve Rogers is off the board as of off now. And and they don't have Spider-Man. <laughs> right. So so, it's, so it is in many ways just an automatic reboot just because of that. But I also think it seems like, you know, from what I've, from what we've gotten in these, these Disney, excuse me, yes, these Disney Plus shows and the movies that they're coming out with, uh, you know, retrying the mandarin bringing in she hulk moon knight getting a show miss marvel getting a show it sounds to me that marvel has been listening to its fans a great deal and that this is perhaps the first time that they're really able to really 
answer to their fans. I think that they had a plan from this affinity side from the beginning. Well, not from the beginning, but maybe after Avengers, where they kind of knew where they wanted to go. And you had fans yelling, hey, do this, do this, do that. And, like, they probably, in some ways, they could. Like, they added Spider-Man. But in other instances, they, they just couldn't. They weren't able to really rock the boat too much because they knew where their where their end goal was, which was Endgame. Mm-hmm. I think starting now, kind of from scratch again, this is their way to kind of hear what the fans have been saying, and they can they could uh they could adjust. So all they heard from their fans for the, the last ten years, oh, whenever Agents of Shield started, was when are these characters going to show up on the movies? We want to see Sky. We want to see Fitzsimmons. And then when Netflix came out, then it was crazy. Then it was. We want to see uh, Daredevil. We want to see Luke Cage. We want to see Jessica Jones. And they weren't in a position, for whatever reason, to put those characters in. The creators that were working on the movies didn't want them in. They had issues with work, even working with Netflix and ABC to make that even happen. So there were a lot of hurdles that they couldn't control. So what did they do? They came up with the Disney Plus series. I also feel like with, with going to Hulu, this could be a new partnership and a new dynamic that will allow them to then add these kind of heroes into these movies in a way that maybe it was unable they were unable to do so in the past so i think that what we've seen from marvel really since the end of endgame is i think that they've been listening to their fans and when we see when we say ghost rider has plans in the mcu according to daniel rpk even though he has a show coming out on hulu that tells me that maybe there's a lot better of a relationship with this series and feige and anything Marvel's doing moving forward, they're going to have a better chance of adding these characters onto their movies than they had in the past. Right. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like... Um, so So two things to that point. First, I agree. I think they are listening to the fans. Um, I mean, I think it's part of the reason Marvel's so successful um, is that they listen to the fans. And I feel like... First of all, I feel like Feige is a huge fan himself oh for sure yeah. which i think absolutely always helps i that's part of the reason i advocate for dave filoni so much within the star wars universe is because he's a big fan mm-hmm. you know i feel like that it, i wouldn't say it always works out but when they're a fan and they're very talented in the way that these guys are it's the perfect formula it's exactly what you want so i feel like it's just it works perfectly another thing i think think uh helps marvel a lot is the fact that these movies were so successful um, you know, which I mean, of course, they, if they were flops, then we wouldn't even have the MCU anymore. But um, uh, because these movies have done so well, now Bob Iger is like, okay, well, how many how many shows do you want? How many movies do you want? You know, we're coming out with a streaming service. How many shows do you want? Just let me know, and because they know people love this stuff now. So, um, so yeah, I I absolutely agree. I mean, I think they respond to the fans. They respond to the positive reception. And now they just, I mean, of course, they want more money. They want more subscriptions. They, and they, this is, this is what the people are asking for because, you know, they're looking, you know, they're, they're, I don't know if they're reading posts online, but well, mm-hmm. someone is at yeah. Disney is reading posts online. But, oh, definitely. But, you know, they're, they're looking at what people are asking for and the names they get the most are what people are going to get. That's why I look at, I listen, I see a name like Ghost Rider right. being thrown out for Marvel Studios involvement. I see the Disney Plus shows that they put out. Yes. I mean, it's hard for me to say what has Marvel done that people, that people, what has Marvel put forth that the people haven't called for? Right. It's, it's starting to become very few and far between. Obviously, we have these Fox properties, but that's completely new. Marvel has to have a plan before they can tell you what it is. Everything else, 
there's not much I can run in terms of characters you want to see that they have full control over. There isn't much else that they can put out. <laughs> so to yeah. me, so to me, that, that that that's why I stress that to me, Marvel certainly is listening to their fans, and I do agree with you that Feige, being a fan himself, he he's gonna have that creative appetite of being like, yo, I gotta find a way to get Ghost Rider in here. I gotta right. find a way to get Miss Marvel in here. So that appetite is gonna allow him to try to uh, try to make these moves happen. And uh, also, Disney owns majority share of Hulu. It does. Yes. So I mean, now it owned ABC too, and that didn't work out. Right. But. That is that is a good point. Well, like I mean, Netflix, should, they had no control. Yeah, Netflix was just completely separate. Yeah, which is part of the reason that deal fell apart so much. But with this, with regards to Hulu, I mean, if they want to kind of just treat it as as a Disney Plus two, you know, they could if they wanted to. So, you know, I mean, you, there's that to take into account as well. I think in terms of where Ghost Rider would fit in, I I would keep an eye on whatever we see from that Doctor Strange movie. Mm. I think that that would be the movie that makes the most sense. That movie is going to be a horror movie, according yes. to Feige. Um, you're talking about a lot of different worlds. Ghost Rider lives between two different worlds in himself. So I think that he's, I would pay very close attention. If they're not promoting him in the movie, I'd keep an eye out for any Easter eggs or any appearances that he could have. I think that that would make the most sense in terms of the lineup they've put out so far. Yeah, I think I think that would be incredible. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I think that would make make a whole lot of sense. I think that would be extremely popular. Um, even though the last Ghost Rider movie was horrible, so I mean, I don't know how many. I've never people... seen Ghost Rider two. I don't know if I've seen Ghost Rider one. That might have to be next year's a uh, movie flashback. Yeah, we may have to do that. Uh, even though I heard the second one is just. The first one was okay, but the second one, I, I didn't even bother. Cause I was just like, if it's that bad, why would I even want to watch it? Yeah. So. I tell um, you, though, that, yeah. that speaks to, well, one, my, my fandom has grown since the, the Ghost Rider movie. It's like, I feel like I, I, I have a much greater appreciation for the characters that, that, that now than then. Even though I loved superheroes back then, I just didn't have any interest, really, in <laughs> seeing Ghost Rider when I, was, when I was 13 years old, whenever it was. Right. I don't know. And I don't think the promotion of it was that great. But I think also it speaks to like what it like what it means to also like promote your movie as superhero movies, like how they're doing it now as opposed to back then. Like had they promoted Ghost Rider the way ABC and Shield, Agents of Shield promoted Ghost Rider, I think there would have been I would probably be a lot more excited about it mm-hmm. than like this like sleek, you know, dark, like looking Ghost Rider well, like a horror movie. Yeah, it looked more like a horror movie. It didn't look like anything I would ever watch if it had if it didn't have anything to do with Marvel. Right. And that hurt it. And it kinda to be honest, like I like Blade was kind of the same way for me. Like I, I watched I ended up watching Blade when it like came on T V web and I, I liked Blade a lot. But like I wasn't interested really in it before because like they didn't promote it like a superhero. Yeah. Like they didn't promote any of those things back then like a superhero, except for Spider Man. I think Sam Raimi was probably the only one. Where like yeah they made like yes these are superheroes and they're wearing, he's wearing his costume and it was a lot yep. that's why I think kids love that that movie exploding kids loved it so much right. and Sony hit a gold mine you know even the X Men movies were a lot more less you know superhero-y, so to speak yeah so I would love to see how uh, the promotion of a Ghost Rider show and then combining him in a movie how that would be different compared to Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider because um, I don't think that really garnered any interest at all. Um, even though the first one was okay and people kind of liked it, yeah, like you know, no one saw the second one and the second one was terrible 
and that was it. So, yeah. um, so I, I'm interested to see if they can find a way. Like I said, I'm, I, my 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 interpretation is, I'm gonna say that I don't know if this is true because I the Hulu thing makes it weird. But if there is a new arrangement, and which would be really exciting for Runaways fans, <laughs> if there is some kind of arrangement with Marvel Studios and maybe even Cloak and Dagger fans, uh, if that is the case, where now these characters on those platforms can now be thrown into movies or marvel studio shows right. that would be uh really awesome um let's continue on though let's talk about um let's talk about dc so let's talk about birds of prey so as i said last week um i thought birds of prey has having was having a miserable promotional campaign mostly because it was non-existent there had been no promotional material at all for this movie i think if unless you listen to this show you might not know this movie's happening, or you just are on the, you know, the, the comic book website. Shout out to comicbookmovie.com, uh, CBR, you know, any of those, uh, comicbook.com, IGN. Unless you're on those kind of websites, you ain't never going to see anything about Birds of Prey or hearing about Birds of Prey because right. they just haven't really done any promotion for it. But this week, we did finally get a poster for Birds of Prey. Uh, and I said it on Twitter, and I'll say it again on this show. This poster wasn't it, Sham. This oh, poster. you didn't like the poster? No, this poster was not it. This was poster uh. was not it at all. It looked like a really bad Photoshop. Oh, um, wow. And I think that what I what I dislike about this poster so much is it, it really it, it's my worst nightmare. It's my worst nightmare in the sense that I like Harley Quinn. Let me make mm-hmm. that clear to the audience. I like mm-hmm. Harley Quinn, but it's kind of crazy to me that you have a Birds of Prey movie where Harley Quinn is not a Birds of Prey. Or not a bird of prey, I guess. <laughs> Whatever that, the, the tense is for that, you know what I'm trying to say. She's not a member of that group or that team. And you have a poster where it's Margot Robbie's entire head and most of her torso. And then the other characters in the movie are miniature. Like, it just sends a terrible message to me about what this movie, how they're approaching this movie and these other characters. Um, I don't take Black Clinary lightly. I don't take Huntress lightly. I don't take um, Black Mask lightly. These are characters I care deeply about. They're very important to the comic book lore. They're very important to everything they're trying to establish with this movie. And they're very important to Birds of Prey. And especially in terms of Black Canary and Huntress. So the fact that those characters are literally miniaturized so that Margot Robbie, it could just have a pretty much a portrait shot it's kind of absurd to me. Um, I also think this looks like a bad Photoshop. There's nothing about this poster I like, and um, and and it, it it doesn't mean it's, look. It's a poster. It doesn't right. mean the movie could be outstanding. Yeah. I'm just saying from a promotional standpoint, which is what their job. The promotions team is supposed to make me excited for this movie to make me want to buy tickets to see this movie. I'm gonna do it anyway because I do this podcast. I'd probably do it anyway because I love this medium, but. This did not do it for me at all. This, I thought, was... Now, this is me. I think that this poster, from what I gather, played better amongst general fans. I couldn't... I I really couldn't tell for sure. Because when I was... When I saw it, I was at work. So, so my, like, searching on the internet, whatever I was thinking about, I didn't have a lot of time to do that. So, it was more... Mm -hmm. I I put my opinion out there that I kind of went back to work. Because it was a crazy week at work last week. Right. But... But even from, I haven't heard any more residue. Like, you, when it is a bad poster, like, it finds you. Like, the, the bad comments, the negativity finds you. Like, the Spider-Man 
Far From Home poster, whatever the first one, the second one, whatever one that was terrible. Like, I didn't have to look for the bad reviews. They found me. Right. I didn't find any. Like, the, the bad reactions to this didn't find me, so I'm guessing that a lot of people weren't that offended by it. But I thought this was this is one of the least – this is one of the, the posters I've liked the least since I've been doing the show. Uh, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, now I'm talking. I'm speaking just from from the standpoint of uh, me trying to get more more uh, information about the show, and also just from an artistic point of view. Personally, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I and you know, of course, full disclosure, I didn't I didn't dislike Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. I thought Margot Robbie did, did a solid job. Neither did I. And I am looking forward to seeing how she does in this movie. So. Um, I mean, I knew she was going to be heavily featured in the movie from the first, the te- the little teaser, and then the little trailer they had after it, or before it, chapter two. Uh, she seems to be very much front and center, which I don't mind personally. Um, now I do absolutely see your point in that they are kind of uh, miniaturizing all the other characters. Um, uh, uh, now I and I do agree that I do want to see more from. Black Canary and Huntress, <laughs> you know, obviously, um, but I don't know. I just I think it's pretty cool that you know there's the Harley Quinn and she's kind of like head in the clouds, but like you got everybody else kind of circling around like the birds and like the that that kind of like not mean but like that little image of someone who's like confused. So I I uh, I don't know. I think it's pretty clever. I get what they were going for. I think that the execution did not work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of them are covering her face and head. Like, the whole, like, um, Tom and Jerry, like, you know, Tom gets hit over the head or something. Right. And then, like, the birds are flying over. Like, I get yeah. that's what they were going for. But that's not what's happening here. They're, they're birds in, literally in front of her face. She's seeing birds. Which I guess is kind of the same of what that effect is supposed to be from cartoons and, right. you know, comics or whatever. But uh, they didn't execute it well to me. And again, speaking to how much they want to throw Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn in your face, she's literally in the poster twice. <laughs> I mean, she's also one of the birds that she's also seeing. Like, I'm just like, man, I just think like, like this is an opportunity for DC to really prop up some new characters that they have not put on the big screen. Many of these characters have not seen any screen ever in terms of live action. And I just, I just thought it was a little... I don't know. And look, it could be a great representation of the movie. Maybe the movie is just a Harley Quinn movie. But, man, that just would be so disappointing from what I was hoping this movie would be. Mm-hmm. Um, we understood. Remember, we've been doing this podcast now for, what, three years or whatever. And right. we talked years ago about how there's a Harley Quinn movie happening. And that seemed to kind of disappear. And, it, there, and then we heard about a Birds of Prey movie happening. And then there's a Harley Quinn's going to be in that Birds of Prey movie. I mean, the more and more promotional material even though we've gotten very little of it. But the little we've seen is this is shaping up to be the Harley Quinn movie. I don't think, I don't know if this should even be called Birds of Prey with the way they're promoting this. And um, it's like, and it'd be different if like the Birds of Prey were nobody, but for DC comic fans, they are somebody. They're not nobodies. I don't think they deserve to be buried for the sake of Harley Quinn. There are a lot of other characters you could push that, you could bury that I would have no problem with. I don't think that Black Canary is one of them. Ever, mm-hmm. so that that's 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 my trouble. That's my issue with with how they're going about this so far. I feel <clears throat> I feel like we have to get a trailer. That's true. So that we can get a feel for what for what the what they're going for with this movie. Because I still don't know. 
Um, <laughs> you know, this trailer didn't clarify it for me at all. I from just from an aesthetic and for from an artistic point of view, I think it's a cool trip, a cool uh, uh, poster. But I still don't know what they're going for with the movie, how much the other character is going to be featured. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of it's still very much up in the air. Besides, um, because again, we haven't gotten much from this movie. We have in this movie, uh, Black Canary and Huntress. Is there another? Is there another Birds of Prey character? Oh, Cassandra Cain's in this movie too. Um, okay, so I guess she would be the third, because isn't usually it's like a trio, and the third usually being Oracle or Batgirl, who's not right. in this movie. I guess I'm wondering, is Cassandra Cain? Well, she's the person that is having the issue with Black Mask. Maybe she's kidnapped or whatever. Um, so is Harley Quinn the third person in this Birds of Prey? Seems that there are a lot of questions. That's why we need a trailer. Like you're right about that. Like there are a lot more questions and answers. Sometimes I'm okay with that. Right. I'm not okay with this. How they're they're going to buy this needs answers like immediately. Like I think that. Um, now what I will say is, wow, that's how I feel about this. I don't know if anything they're doing is is not going to be effective in terms of if they do want to push it as a Harley Quinn movie. Margot Robbie is an extremely popular actress, I think, at this point, who has a fan base. Harley Quinn's fan base is immense. Right. Um, I was, yeah, it's immense. I, I mean, I, I don't know where you rank them, but that that fan base in itself is is huge. So pushing <laughs> Margot and pushing Harley, uh, from a money standpoint. Just, it makes a lot of sense. I just worry that the movie you come out with creatively doesn't do any of those other characters justice, and mm. that's that's that's, and they're gonna get creamed if if that's the case. I think that they're gonna get clobbered if, um, if this becomes just a Margot Robbie Harley Quinn show, because I think that again I I I, I preface everything about this this topic by saying I really like Harley Quinn. But I don't know if she's the kind of character that I feel like could carry a movie. You know, maybe she's so unstable and so crazy that that's like part of me feels like she's better when she's a facet of a bigger story and she's playing off a lot of other people. The story is centered around her. I just wonder if that just becomes too chaotic and too weird. Um, and there really doesn't come much depth to whatever story you're trying to tell because it's a you're telling it from the story from the from the viewpoint of someone who's such an unreliable storyteller or unreliable, you know, protagonist. Right. Um, but because it's the same thing about Joker and here we are talking about Joker, having not seen it yet and still talking about, will this be an Oscar uh, worthy movie? You know? Yeah. So I mean, they have, um, and we said this about Legion and Legion did. is one of the best superhero shows that's ever been put on TV. So, I mean, the director Kathy Ann has has worked on mostly short films mm -hmm. so far. I mean, the only feature film she's done, um, uh, called uh, Dead Pigs, uh, has uh, one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but the audience score is at fifty seven percent. So I don't know what I don't know what what exactly that means with, <laughs> with regards to. Uh, uh, the quality of the director, but 
Um, this is absolutely a young talent. And look, she wants to, and I'm sure this is not her. I'm sure this is also the suits at WB. Mm-hmm. But she wants to promote Harley Quinn. She wants to, um, you know, put this character at the forefront, maybe tell a story centered around her. And, I mean, I'm all for it. So, um, I mean, I mean, just reading old articles. Of, you know, Christina Hodson is writing the story. Yeah, Christina Hodson's writing it. And um, she said that Harley Quinn will not be, you know, hiding behind or in the shadow of anyone. So that kind of speaks to your point that whether it's whether that's her creative <laughs> decision or if Warner Bros. is telling her Harley Quinn can't be hiding behind anyone's shadow. Um, they're definitely seen. I mean, that to me is even though we gotten so little, it is very clear that this is supposed to be Harley Quinn's coming out party. Yeah, I mean, and I figured that. I think it's just a matter of whether she's just going to completely overshadow everybody else. You know. I mean, I, I'm sure she's going to get a, a lot of screen time because she's gotten most of the screen time so far and we've barely even seen anything. But it's just a matter of whether the other characters are going to get their, their time to shine as well. I hope so, man. You know how much I love uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was playing Huntress. Um, she was in John T- uh, not John Tucker, sorry, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Um, right. I don't know. <laughs> I'm nervous about this movie, man. I, w- I want to feel much better about it because I was I, I think I was one of the people in this show that was saying that I thought this movie would be great, and I don't know. <laughs> I'm starting. I'm starting to. I'm starting to feel some bad feelings so far. But as I said, this all is saying this without having seen a trailer. So I think when we see a trailer, of course, we'll have a better idea of what we can expect moving forward. But um, some other big news that happened earlier last week. Which really was a, 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 I'm sure I could hear, I could hear Shamari screaming from Pennsylvania and me being in New York City when this happened. Because anybody who's a Smallville fan absolutely jumped for joy, absolutely shrieked probably, because um, they, they, they love Tom Welling. And, you know, Tom Welling Superman has pretty much been dormant since the series ended, which happens to most shows. But with the, um, with the birth of the Arrowverse and so many of these superheroes and even a Supergirl show and a Superman appearing in a Supergirl show, there has been a lot of calls for Tom Welling to at some point reprise his role as Clark Kent's uh, Superman in the Arrowverse. Those calls have been answered and we are finally going to get it. So coming up in the Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover on on the CW, Tom Welling, along with Erica Durant's, uh, as Lois will be back playing their roles again. Erica as Lois and Tom Welling as Clark Kent. Sham, you've watched every episode of Smallville. Some of them probably multiple times at this point, two times, three times. You're, uh, you know, we don't get to talk about Smallville on the show because the show's over. But you are a Smallville stan. You, you love that show. You've talked about how much you wanted to see Welling back as Superman. Now that you have Welling appearing in the Arrowverse in this crossover, what are your thoughts? I'm very excited for it. I'm happy for my boy, Tom Welling. Look, at some point, it's like you got to listen to people. You got to listen to what the people want. And this is what the people want. So they're bringing him in. Um, now, I it, they're bringing him in. I'm happy about it. I'm also very confused and curious. Because how uh, it's inf- Christ of Infinite Earths, so... We're going to go all these different Earths. But this Superman, usually when it comes to the Crisis on Infinite Earths, 
you know, the Superman, Superman don't look different. Tom mm. Welling is obviously looks very different from the Superman they've established in the CW. <laughs> right. So that's very weird. Yeah. You know, that's very weird. So they're going to have to find a way to to make that work, to make it make sense to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm wondering how that's going to work. I mean, well, yeah, because not only do you have Hawkland, but isn't Brandon Roth also playing Superman? Yes, we hear that uh, he's going to be as uh, the what's the name? Uh, Kingdom Come Superman, right? Is what I remember. Oh, is is he? I think so. That's pretty crazy. I I heard he was going to be playing Superman, which is another crazy thing. Yeah, Brandon Roth's playing Kingdom Come Superman. So, you know, it's like, what the heck is going on here? So I, I don't know. And the reason I, I'm so skeptical, I guess you could say, is because of how they handled um, uh, the last crossover and how they handled uh, Flashpoint. Hmm. So I think it's just... You did not like the last crossover. I thought it was okay. I mean, the monitor was the monitor. You know, it's like that. That was the kind of yeah, the thing. The monitor, where, yeah. The monitor in that book. It's like, all right, all right, come on. But like, you know, with this, it's like, okay, this is, this is super jumbled. Like, you, I mean, they were having issues with the monitor. I mean, how are you going to explain this? You know, is it going to be it's more of the monitor? What do you? Oh, I changed his appearance or something. Like, what, <laughs> like, what are they going to come up with? So I'm I'm curious. I hope it makes sense. I'm excited to see my boy Tom Welling, um, uh, but I'm curious. And it's funny because I already see people shouting, "Where's Where's Michael Rosenbaum? We gotta get Michael Rosenbaum back." And he was a great Lex. I love this Lex they got now. Yeah, but he I, was a great yeah, Lex. I'll, I'll keep a crier. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I'm super excited. I can't wait. I, I, I I'll be honest. I think there's a chance you'll see Rosenbaum for the small ah. fans. They can't give y'all everything. You know, some of the stuff they got to keep. I'm surprised they, they said this, Tom. Oh, <laughs> I can't say that. I, I can't say I'm surprised. Only because you got to get the eyeballs. So, yeah, I was going to say. like so it, People are going to be watching it after the fact? Smallville. When it comes to it's on the app or something? Smallville is arguably CW's biggest show ever. Is that is that crazy to say? I don't think so. It had like what, mean, 11 yeah. seasons or whatever it was. Like, yeah, so many seasons and, and so many the fan people, base is so deep. So like, many people were watching it that just were not comic book fans. Yeah, There's people that just love Smallville. <laughs> so, with that being said, if it's fair to say that this is CW's biggest show, then it would it, then it makes sense that they would tell you, yes, Tom Welling, the star from that show, is going to be back in his role. Or actually, I wouldn't actually wouldn't say. I'd say Supernatural is probably its biggest show. Okay. Yeah, super. Supernatural's had like a million seasons, and it has like a. When you talk about loyal fan bases, that fan base. Yeah, is I mean, this is like fifteen years. <laughs> I could, I could see that, and I could give you, I can give you Supernatural, but Smallville is right up there yeah. for a network that is very successful. Yeah. So, so you got to give them fans something. You got to get them the eyeballs of the show. So you're gonna tell them that Welling's gonna be on. But you gotta keep some stuff from them. You gotta keep some secrets. I would think. I would hope. I would hope it's not just gonna you're just gonna tell us everything, because they told us a lot. <laughs> like some of the stuff yeah. I would have rather just watched and been like, oh crap, you know. Yeah. Like uh, I, I think Brandon Roth being Kingdom Come Superman. If I if you were gonna tell me that Welling was gonna be back, I think that that would have been a lot more of a neater surprise. Like I don't know if I needed to see both hear that both of them are gonna be Superman, and that there's a Kingdom Come Superman and then some other Superman that I don't even know where. 
um, welling Superman is at this point in his career when we get to him in this crossover. So yeah, so some of this stuff, I think they could have kept closer to the vest, and I'm hoping that there are some surprises. I'm hoping maybe something like Rosenbaum being another Lex Luthor is one of them. I think that that's uh, possible, but um. Yeah, I think that this is really cool. I think that, to me, I, I applaud this decision because I just feel like that is, like you said, the definition of giving the fans what they want. Um, the crossover between, and no pun intended, but the crossover between the people who have been loyal to the Arrowverse and watched Arrow all these years and watched all these other shows and the people who watch Smallville are very symbiotic. I think that they're pretty much, uh, I can't say for sure everyone I watch Smallville watched, just watched Arrow and what's the name, but... The, t- the people who I think stayed with Smallville for all those seasons are people who are just CW loyalists. Um, so those people, very likely a lot of them stayed to see well, what Arrow's going to be like. Especially when they, right. especially when Arrow started to span off and you started to see it become truly a universe. Yeah, and and you know I know other people that either enjoyed Smallville, watched Smallville, or even huge fans. And they've seen some of the Arrowverse. They may not have seen it. They don't, may not yeah. watch it like us. But they've seen, oh, I've seen Supergirl, I've seen this one. So they watch the shows. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, it may not be to the same caliber of Smallville because, I mean, you're not going to recreate Smallville. No. You know, with uh, with those shows. Um, but there is there is absolutely an overlap there. Yeah. And, I mean, I think it's smart to reveal this news because you're going to get those people to to watch the shows. Yeah. I'm nah. going to be telling those people Tom Welling is going to be in the show, and they're going to watch every episode of that crossover mm-hmm. because of that. Now, I do feel like... The reason why I also applaud this is because we talked about it pretty much as soon as we heard last year that they were doing Crisis on Infinite Earths, that that was going to be the crossover that they were doing. And we all said it, me, you, and Kendall, that using the word Crisis on Infinite Earths, you have to go mega big or go home. You cannot give me 25%, 50%, or even 75% of Crisis and think that if you don't if you that's all you give us and you don't deliver, you're gonna get roasted. That is the biggest DC storyline ever, right. in terms of crossovers. Right. No. Yeah. So like Justice League. Actually. Right. Exactly. In terms of a full DC crossover, I mean, obviously there are some Batman stories with Superman, Death of Superman. There's other stories and that maybe are more important, maybe not more important, but bigger. But in terms of just crossovers, this is the biggest one ever. Yeah. It it, it literally the DC universe was completely different. When they did Crisis, and this was at a time when they weren't doing DC, you know, reboots every, you know, five years like they do now. This right. was when that the DC was a certain way for a bunch of years, and then it changed at the Crisis, right? Um, which was earth shattering in terms of what it did for comics at that time. So, I thought CW was maybe biting off a little more than they could chew when they decided that they were going to try to do this. But I think when you tell me, okay, Brandon Roth's going to be Superman, a kingdom come Superman, which the superhero fans are like, oh, okay, you're doing that. And now you're telling me Welling's going to be another Superman. He's going to be a Smallville Superman. You're like, oh, okay. Now, I would say that the only um, concern I would have is, okay, well, now it seems like a lot of your big reveals so far seem to be very much uh, contained to Superman. But you do that is going big. I mean, big. I mean, to take two of the... Uh, but, you know, there's only there aren't too many. There are only a couple of living Supermen. Like you know, Christopher Reeves, God rest his soul, is not here with us. But you have Cavill, which we, who we know we're not seeing. <laughs> but you have Roth. Welling. You got Welling, and you got Hawkling. Right. You got them all in one series. 
that's extremely impressive. Yeah. I understand that Roth worked for CW. I understand that Welling worked for CW. But, I mean, for the people who, the Superman fans who watch Superman, everything that Superman, and then, well, we don't have Dean Kane. Um, but I think for a lot of reasons outside of yeah. acting, we'll never see him on CW. Right. Uh, but still, I mean, you got three of the five living Superman into your mega, 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 uh, uh, you know, um, yeah. crossover series. That's not nothing. That that's 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 telling me something. I now know. I do feel like they gotta, you know, and maybe they're giving me three Supermen to for the make of the fact that I ain't never seen Batman. But there are some other characters they gotta try to get in there. Um, they are there are some other bigger characters I want to see as well. But it's shaping up pretty pretty nice right now. I got a lot, and I, I I was very skeptical of what this was gonna look like. I'm still skeptical, but I can't. It seems like CW trying to leave everything on the field, which is all I could ask. Yeah, yeah, honestly. I mean, Arrow's coming to a close. I mean, the way the Flash is going, who knows how long that show's got? Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being real. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is there's a time to do it. There's a time to do it. Um, I mean, when it comes to their track record with with these crossovers, I mean, you mentioned how we were hesitant when um, when they announced this. I feel like it makes sense. I mean, we talked about how huge Christ of Infinite Earths was in terms of crossovers. What's the next biggest one? Flashpoint. What'd they do with that? Mm. <laughs> you know, like nothing. <laughs> People yeah. were pissed. Yeah. So, I mean, no, the crisis on Infinite Earths. And it's like, okay, well, is that going to be another Flashpoint? Or is that going to be, you know... Crisis on Earth X, which I thought was fantastic. I would love, and it would never happen. Oh, well, I don't know. I can't say never, but I would love to talk to um, uh, Berlanti about the Flashpoint fiasco because I feel like you know when it happened, I think the actors and the creators all kind of you know said, "Oh, we're really proud of what we did," and then then they kind of you know brushed off whatever backlash they had. But I mean, the backlash was pretty. It wasn't like viral but it, i mean i don't think anyone liked that <laughs> well, i don't think anyone no liked, liked what they did with flashpoint if you've seen flashpoint there may be if some people flash there may be right. some people who are fine with it because they don't know anything about flashpoint right. now like well it seems fine to me it was good episodes like if you know anything about flashpoint you've ever read the book or watched the movie no one could have been happy with what they produced right. i would love to talk to berlanti or someone to talk to him to ask him like what like how did you feel about the backlash of flashpoint and, and is that why you're doing crisis because I, I would agree i think that if you're doing talking about what's the second biggest crossover I, a flashpoint you could make a great case that flashpoint is too right so if that's true that to me like you would think that that experience would maybe make someone hesitant to jump into that field again and do something even bigger and more ambitious than flashpoint but unlike flashpoint i don't feel like they're I mean, there are certain corners that are just going to be cut just because of what they have at their disposal. But it seemed like Flashpoint, like, they didn't cut corners. Like, they just, like, walked across the <laughs> across the field. Like, they didn't right. even go. It wasn't, you know, if you're running a track and you're running a race, they, they just cut in the middle <laughs> into the grassy field to get across. I yep. mean, they, they just, they put no creative energy into making, into replicating that story in its true form. Right. Zero. Because it, it was they they did the basic of he went back in time and changed and everything else after that was just minimal. Yeah, this seems like they're doing a lot more. 
I, I would wonder if I, I would ask him. I'd say, was this? Do you feel like this is a true, um, like second chance at greatness? Because I think that a lot of people looked at what they were trying to do with Flashpoint, and thought that this could be epic and great, and they they didn't come close. Here, you're talking about bringing back Welling. You're talking about bringing back, yeah, uh, Roth. You're, you know, Erica is, is is Lois Lane. Right. Um. We already have everyone that's established in the Arrowverse, and I do, I do believe there will be some surprises that will happen. I don't know what I mentioned. Maybe bomb, Michael Bomb, Michael uh, Rosenbaum. Right. But it seems to me that they're, they're going to try to really give this a real shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it absolutely does. And look, I mean, Berlanti. I mean, you you always got to give credit to Berlanti. I mean, he made all these, all these the, these Arrowverse shows for sure. Um, and I think overall he's done a very solid job. I mean, it's the reason why we we review these shows because they're worth reviewing. Um, yeah, Berlanti, Berlanti. I mean, he hasn't made us any money per se, but Berlanti made a lot of people money. Oh, I mean, you know the absolutely. people who who launch absolutely. shows, who who launch recap shows, who do recap views on YouTube, like. Berlanti has made a lot of people money with what he's created with the Arrowverse, and in turn, what he in like and the response to the Arrowverse, because I think that a lot of the other shows we have wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the initial success of Arrow. And I can't even say initial success; it's been success. It's a successful show. You could, creatively, if you want to say argue if it's successful, that's another story. But it's right. time it's been on air and this viewership and its consistency. It is a successful. Is one thousand percent a successful show. So yeah. Um. So he's made a lot of people a lot of money. He's made himself a lot of money, as we talk about, all, joke around all the time on the show. That three hundred, four hundred dollar check, million dollar check, whatever he's making yeah. at Warner Brothers, yeah, half like half a billion dollars. Yeah. So he's made he's made himself a lot of money. So that's credit to him. But he's he's is the reason why a lot of shows like this one are are working because he's given us such a, such content that you want. Um. The last story of the day before we get to. Our, our TV reviews, which are Titans and um, uh, Krypton, which is very apropos because this last, excuse me, this last uh, 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 story here is 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 the Titans related. So, if you're watching Titans, and we'll talk about it in probably just a couple minutes. Um, clearly, Dick Grayson is moving into a different mindset, a different a different point in his life. You can you can very tell that a big change is coming for him. He's you know, close to finding who he really was. I think the season one was about him really not knowing who he was and trying to find that identity. You get the impression that in season two, he's very close to finding out who he is moving forward. He's getting help with Bruce and figuring that out. I think being with the kids is helping him figure that out. And uh, me being the Nightwing fan and all the Nightwing Dick Racing fans out there, we've all been saying, when is he finally going to put on the Nightwing costume? Well, there are set photos out. I'm kind of upset there are set photos out. I'm I'm upset and I'm happy. I'm upset there are set photos out because I would have loved to have seen a true DC universe or, you know, have it just appear on the show, a reveal of him in the Nightwing costume. We didn't get that because we have set photos of him in the Nightwing costume. Sham, you've seen these photos. Yes. What do you think of how uh, uh, Brandon uh, looks in these uh, in these uh, in this costume? And what do you think um, of the costume, period? I think it's very legit. Mm-hmm. Very, very legit. On point. I'm very excited. And I expected no less. I like I like all the costumes in this show. Um, even the ones that I haven't even 
totally seen yet, like Aqualat. Mm-hmm. I, I think the costume design on this show is spectacular, honestly. I think it's I think I'd it's, agree with you on that. I think it's better than everything we've seen in the Arrowverse. You know, yeah, don't, don't, me, don't get me started on Barry without the chin strap. That just, you know, it just it did not work. Which I'm glad they're bringing the chin strap back. There was a set photo for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this is this is top notch stuff. I mean, this is Nightwing. I mean, EJ, you're the Nightwing guy. Is this not Nightwing? Yeah, it's 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 hard. If you're a Nightwing fan, you really you really <laughs> can't. You couldn't have asked for anything better. And that's saying a lot, but. He looks awesome. I mean, and it's from a distance. It's from a, you know a cell phone. So you know, right. obviously we we have those caveats when we say that. But again, I, as you said, I'm a huge Nightwing fan. Um, they really pretty much stuck completely true to the costume, which is again as a fan all you could really ask for. You know, right. um, it's the classic black and blue, uh, black and blue design. He's got the. Uh, you know the bird on the back. He's got the Nightwing. You kind of it's the the front picture is a little more blurry. I don't know why the picture looks so bad, but but you can kind of tell he's got the, right. the the blue, uh, you know the blue the blue bird. wing across yeah, the yeah, chest, yeah, yeah. all across, and no cape, obviously. Uh, from a distance, this looks great. You know, of course, we gotta see what it looks like on you know camera and whatever effects they may put on on the camera and how right. that will look. Um, but from a distance, it seems like they nailed it. And I agree with you. I think that if there's anything, you know, Titans is a very polarizing show, I feel. And I think that there are some people who love it. There are some people who hate it. Um, and then there are some people, I think, that, you know, like me, who are a little in the on, in the middle, where there are some aspects you can enjoy, some aspects you feel like you don't know what the hell they're doing. But I would agree if there's anything anyone could, couldn't argue about is they have given you superhero costumes and yeah. given you them great looks. They haven't minced, minced things in any way. They haven't tried to say, oh, we'll give you a little bit of the costume. Oh, he's the hood. He's the vigilante. Yeah, no, they've given you none of that. No. <laughs> they've given you full-blown superheroes. Oh, superhero, Justice League, everybody. Yeah. You know. And and, and, they, and look, uh, you know, they deserve credit for that. Berlantis deserve credit. Um, uh, well, I can't remember his name. Uh, the other guy who uh, used to be with do the DC movies now he's not. Um, Snyder? No. Uh, comic book writer. Well, I can't remember. The guy oh, was uh, Jeff Johns. Yeah, Jeff Johns. Uh, Johns works a lot on this show, so he deserves a lot of credit too for right. bringing that, yes, bringing this absolutely. to us. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. This looks great, and I'm hopeful. And I'll talk about this in our review, but I'm hopeful that. We are getting closer and closer to finally getting the Dick Grayson that we all know. Because I would argue we, the guy in the first season, as I've said on this show, I don't think anyone could have recognized. So let's 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 kick it off right there. So let's begin with um, Titans episode three, Ghost for season two. Um, this episode was okay. There were some aspects. Uh, hey, Titans is kind of it's kind of <laughs> Titans is kind of what it is. It's there are some as- aspects I really liked, right? And then there's some aspects you kind of just scratch your head. Um, in terms of the stuff I liked, I will say again, I think that they definitely seem to be moving Grayson into whatever he the role he's supposed to be. You see more of his leadership. You see more of of him kind of being a mentor 
you don't see he's so he's so less selfish this season than he was last season where it seemed like last season like he yes he wants to help people but like he wants in some ways it's almost like he was doing the bare minimum it's like he had like like in his upgrading with batman he has a vow that he also wants to keep of keeping people safe and stopping crime so okay i'll take this girl raven or you know rachel because she's in a bad situation but as soon as i get a chance i'm dropping her off and i'm going back to my own life miserable life like you get the feeling that he's so far beyond that now to the point where when he's getting so much pushback from his former comrades about how much of a bad idea this is based on their experience in working with him in the titans the fact that he pushes back and the fact that he's so firm and that he can make it better this time shows you that he's moving in the right direction which as a from a creative standpoint i just think I just think makes for more a more intriguing story. I felt like last season it just kind of got mundane. It kind of constantly have this fight of Dick kind of wanting to help people, but also kind of only caring about himself. And that kind of dance he was doing every week of Raven being like, don't you care about me? Him being like, no, I don't. And then him realizing, oh, I do care about her. I got to go save her. Like that just got tiresome. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that they've kind of settled him into like he's committed He's committed to all these kids. He's committed to trying to get them to to be good people. As he said, what was the thing he said? Good people who are helping out or helping other people or whatever he, he the adage he said of what the Titans are. All like right, yeah. like the fact that he's committing to that is great because that's who Nightwing is. We just haven't seen that Nightwing at all. And I think we're finally getting to that point. So I will say that I like that aspect of it. Um, I do feel like I like that they're hinting towards a lot of issues with what happened with Titans. I like that they're hinting towards the fact that Slade left them in bad shape. Yeah. Pretty much is the reason why they're not together as a group anymore. All right. They need some flashbacks. They need to start showing us more. And I, and it's early. It's really early. So I get that they're kind of waiting for it. But what worries me about Titans is maybe another show I wouldn't be as concerned but as we've seen with Titans, they're more than okay with just like leaving loose ends. Season unfinished. Loose ends tied. Loose ends. Loose ends untied and just feeling like yeah, you figure it out, or we'll tell you next year. They're playing up that aspect of it so much that I would like them to to go into it. I also feel like it seems a little unbelievable that Slade could have messed them up so badly that like not even like Jason would know what happened, like. They were very, they are very, they were, they, they've made it clear they were very public heroes. So if Slade really kind of left them licking their chops, uh, or licking their wounds, rather, um, I just feel like there'd be more documentation of, like, how that happened or what that happened, like, why the Titans aren't together. The fact that there's, like, this mystery that nobody knows about seems weird when you're, when you're also insinuating that these were super public heroes. Well, I mean, I know Slade is is not a public figure. No, for so sure. I'm sure whatever he was doing was hidden, I would assume. Right, but if, let's say, like, Robin or one of these people were on death's door because of their issue, right. because of whatever fight they had with Slade, I feel like that would be known. Like, I feel like Jason would have heard about it from Batman at some point, you know. Mm. But I don't know. Batman clearly keeps a lot from Jason. Because right. he's not, as we see every week, he's not ready for anything he's doing. That's true. Um, I mean, I thought this was an okay episode. It was not definitely not my favorite. Um, 
I feel like when it comes to Jason, I feel like he's just a. I feel like he's. You know what you're gonna get from him every episode. Mm-hmm. So I thought he was good in this episode. Yeah. Um, I thought Dick was good in this episode. Uh, I like how what the kids are doing. Uh, I actually surprisingly like the storyline with with uh, Corey and and that other dude. Um, I did too. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think I was gonna like it. I, I, didn't, think I, was, I didn't think I would. Either. I thought I was gonna get sick of that really fast. But I, I thought it was okay, and and it had it, it had its episode, and then she went back. And I feel like that was good. <laughs> you know, I was afraid that was gonna last for like five episodes, but I it agree. Didn't. Yeah, that was a great. I, I totally agree. That was a great story, story decision. Yeah, it was good. You got a little bit of backstory, just enough mm-hmm. of the of the um, not not Thanagar, that's the hawk girl of the uh, I forget what her race is, but you know, you got it just enough yeah. of her race. You know, to get a little bit, ba- a bit, a little bit of backstory, you know, a little bit of oh, she's royalty. This is how you treat royalty, and blah blah blah. I thought it was cool, so I thought they did that well. Um, you know, uh, Deathstroke. I love this Deathstroke. I want to see him fight somebody. I want to see him mess somebody up. Um, uh, I thought that fight with Doctor Light was abysmal. I I did not like that fight at all. It was very. It was very choppy. I think Black. I think. I think. I think. Uh, Doctor Light was just abysmal. Period. Yeah, he his costume looked ridiculous. That, that's the only costume I think was just horrible in this show. Um, but his costume was kind of ridiculous, and his effects were kind of weird. Yeah, so, it did not work. So Dr. there was Light a lot of there's a lot of bad things going on. And I was excited for Doctor Light. I was like, oh, it's not Doctor Light, but oh no, yeah, if you like Titan Teen Titans, you hear Doctor Light, you immediately get really excited. Yeah, and they but, did not deliver. I was like, oh boy. That yeah, was he bad. was he was a mess. Yeah, that was bad. But um, but basically, a lot of other stuff about the episode I, I enjoyed. Um, Did you also think it was so. we- it was kind of weird and a little ridiculous that as a group they could not stop Doctor Light, but Robin wrecks him basically. Robin wrecked him. <laughs> like, and he yeah. kind of wrecked him in a way that I it kind of also didn't make sense. Like, I get what they were trying to say. Like, Dick told him something that was important. You're trying to teach him about being able to fight without your senses, or at least some of your senses. Yeah. It just didn't seem like Jason was ever close to, like, mastering that. So the fact that he was able to, like, master it in a fight with a supervillain who just beat four of the Titans yeah, didn't seem to make sense to me. I don't know if they were trying to really okay. build up. And maybe they were. Maybe they're trying to really implement, like, hey, Jason is no joke. Jason can fight. And, right. But I feel like we kind of know that already. I think that, yeah. like, last year, I think they kind of established that. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, another thing I didn't like about the fight that they had with Dr. Light was they were all street, they were all plain clothes. I'm like, you're superheroes. What if he's like, oh, I, I seen your face? Or what if he's like. That That was a little weird. I, I was didn't... like, why are they, you know, at least, at least Jason had the wherewithal to be like, oh, is a supervillain? Let me wear my costume. So they don't. That's the whole point of a costume, right? They're costumed heroes, <laughs> yeah, so they're yeah, just yeah, going, yeah. in street clothes. I'm like, why are they in street clothes? Well, I guess so. So to be fair, Nightwing is whatever he is. We don't know what it is fair. or not. That's but fair. Donna is retired, and so is uh, so is Hawk and Dove. Technically, clearly they're not. Right. They're gonna all oh, gonna be out of retirement very soon. But right. I think in their mind. See, here's why I, I agree with you. I thought it was, I, I kind of didn't think it made sense. Not only just from a standpoint of like your superheroes and like you're, you could be, you, people could see you, but also like 
they have like weapons and stuff that could that would be very useful against someone. Like I would feel like I mean I'm sure like you know like I'm sure like Hawk like and Dove like having their weapons with them and Nightwing or Robin having his weapons with him like would be very right. useful in a fight with a supervillain that you've tangled with for years. Yeah. Who you know is not to be messed not with. Messing around. Yeah. So, uh, so it was twofold. But the one reason why I, I almost gave him a little bit of a pass for it was I think, in their minds, especially the three that joined the fight, they wanted to make it very clear that we're here for this, and then we're going home. Like they they all made it very clear this is a bad idea that he's even starting Titans. It's probably a bad idea we're even here. But that light's trying to kill us. So the only way we could really fight this guy is with the help of dick but we gotta admit we can't like once they put on that costume i think they kind of played it up a little bit with like uh with how kind of really like or hank rather really like, like playing up like yo man maybe i could put on the costume and like i could do this again and like dove being like look you will be an addict you are an addict rather and you will relapse if you put on that costume right so i think they tried to push that ang- angle that like right. they really can't go two feet in because if they go two feet in with their costumes on everything then they're in entirely right and what happened last time which they we don't know because they won't tell us it wasn't it's not a good idea from that to do that because of what happened last yeah. time. yeah and to be fair i think he already knows who they are because he sent those people that's blow, fair too so they made up. so for them he's like so they may have just been like he knows who we are you know he's there alone but i mean at the same time it's like you know, I feel like that would never happen in a comic book. Like the writers would have been like, "No, this doesn't make any sense." Mm-hmm. They would play it safe. Yeah. So, yeah. I do. I did think that it was. I, there were. I, there were a couple of really good moments. I thought Rose had some good moments. I do think. So. I, I thought think Rose had a very good scene with uh, with Rachel. Dick. Oh. Well, one with Dick. Well, three. Now it's three because I was thinking I had two, but now I agree. The Rachel scene was good. Um, the scene with Dick. The the the. That scene was great because I think it kind of what the season also has done. Is, I don't know. I'm kind of jumping around. Is really it is re also reestablished how great a fire Dick is, and we 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 got it a little earlier in the in the series when he was you know breaking legs and <laughs> almost killing people uh, in the first episode. But I think we kind of lost a little bit of that as it went forward. But when you see like him like like training with rose taking out yeah. jason so quickly like you realize oh this guy is a badass like yeah. <laughs> like he is no joke and i i, I love the scene with him and rose because you see rose is, is is super powered and uh and is a master swords woman and he's got his staff that you know is broken into the two batons and like i mean it's just like if you're a nightwing fan you're just like oh yeah. my god i can't believe this is happening <laughs> and he's putting in the work he's putting in and beats her and then she's like let's go games like ah, another time and you get the feeling that like yeah he was going hard but he wasn't going as hard as he could right and you're like wow this guy's good but that was a great scene and then i thought the scene she i thought one of my favorite scenes in that episode is when she kind of makes fun of jason looking ridiculous in his costume because <laughs> it that to me was a great scene because one of the things I do do think this show sometimes loses sight of is the team aspect of Teen Titans mm. with the kids. Now, because it's such a dark show and because they're thr- thrust into such adult situations, you kind of lose fact that they're kids. Rachel is kind of a detached person because she's Raven, so you lose the kid aspect from her just for her being the character she is. And I don't know if Beast Boy um, really exhibits that that much either um he's also kind of been through a lot right. so 
I felt like that was a great scene because I thought Jason looked super like ridiculous, immature, like walking around in his costume, being like, "I'm ready." And it's like, "What are you doing?" He looked like a kid that was like, yeah. like a Halloween costume. And the fact that Rose basically was like, "Oh, you playing dress up?" Like, like it was such a great line because the one night, yes, the daughter of Slade would like say something like that. Right. But it also was great because it kind of allude like to me, Jason looked ridiculous, and the fact that her saying that. And using that line against him made and like kind of like emasculated him because he didn't know what to say. Like he just like oh, he just walked away. Like it was perfect. So um, I agree. I thought that Rose after really I don't think any of us liked much of anything we saw from Rose last episode. I think that this episode she was pretty solid. I think that I I did enjoy a lot of what I saw. What do you make of the plan that Slade and Light a little bit are kind of alluding to in terms of how they want to take down the titans like he's it sounds a lot less i'm gonna kill all you and more of like a psychological meltdown situation that he wants to bring about these this group it sounds extremely personal i like it i feel like it's something deathstroke would do um though the way he was sitting and just contemplating the titans sounds very personal yes i'm starting to believe that because at first when you said, oh, we need a flashback, I was like, eh, do we need a flashback? But, I mean, he seems really, like, pent up about it. Which is why I feel like we need a flashback. So I feel like we kind of need a flashback. to Just so we know what the heck is going on. Because he seemed, like, really, he's like, no, we need to call the herd. We'll split one from the pack. I'm like, dag, yo, this guy is, like, really, like. Because once he saw Jason mention Titans, he's like, nah, I'm getting the suit back. And it's like, <laughs> wow. You know, is that serious? So, yeah, I think, you know, we may need a flashback just to explain why he's so devoted to destroying the Titans. He doesn't even know they have rules yet. And he's yeah. extremely devoted to destroying the Titans. So, um, but I like the plan. I very much like the plan. And I want to see how he continues to play. Yeah, I agree. I think that, like, because to me, like, that's, I think it was important to establish that that's what he wants to do. Because I think because as the show establishes, Beast Boy and Raven are rookies. And, uh, you know, Jason, while he's been fighting it with, you know, Batman as Robin is super immature, as we see in this right. episode. Like, it's to me, like, it seems like the kind of thing where, like, if he just pulled up on Titan's Tower tomorrow, he could kill them all. Like, right. like, it seems too easy. So, like, him, like, if that was his goal and he was unable to accomplish it, I think it would just make him look real weak at this point in time. Right. So, I think it does make more sense to have him say, no, that's not his goal. He wants to kind of mentally wear them down and, and and tear them apart basically one by one in a systematic way that makes more sense because that is more challenging actually is in a weird way like i think if he were to say i want to kill them all because what they've done to me or whatever well it, to me again he could just he could just pull up and it'd be over yeah so i like that they are establishing that that's his end goal here um what do you think he's doing with Jason? Um, uh, I do not know. Torturing him, possibly. But I do not know. We do think Jason won't die from this, do we? No. Okay. You don't think this is the beginning of Red Hood or anything? No. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. That never once crossed my mind. I, I don't think that this is where they're going. Um, not yet. Um, I mean, I didn't think so either. I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I can't say it didn't cross my mind. And whenever Jason Todd gets kidnapped, it's always going to cross my mind. Right. But I don't 
like the the way his death is so iconic and the way it happened the way it happens is so like iconic. like if you're going to do anything else like it better be good yeah and this is and, Jeff Johns too i mean this is a guy he knows right he if there's anyone yeah there's batman. anyone who's not going to try to spit in the face of batman fans <laughs> him so so yes i do agree that jason will get out of this um i don't know how i don't know in what way but uh, I, you, did, part did, did I don't know about you, but part of me kind of wanted to see Jason even attempt to try to fight Deathstroke, just to see how that would have looked. Oh, I've, I absolutely wanted. To yeah, see. I kind of think that he missed an opportunity I, I there, to see especially because fight anybody, <laughs> especially because we saw Jason beat Doctor Light. Right. So like, it kind of propped it up as okay. Well, he beat Doctor Light. Like it's, it's like in wrestling. Like you know, one guy beat one strong guy. It's like oh, now see him str- fight the strongest guy. Like what is right. th- what does that look like? And then you could have really, it could have really strongly established what Deathstroke is in terms of being a monster. And we didn't get that. I think that that was a mistake. I think they should have let... It, it didn't have to be long. It shouldn't have been long. Right. The fight between Deathstroke and Jason Todd as Robin should only take about 30 seconds. Right. They should have let us see that instead of just having to be dragged off or whatever and, and a scream, you know. Uh, but I do think that he looks pretty dope in the costume. Um, the one thing I did note, too, about this portrayal of Deathstroke that I liked is... Because, you know, I'm always comparing to him to Manu Bennett and, and, and how they're different. This Deathstroke seems way more, like, detached from humanity than Manu Bennett's was. Like, yes. he's this guy, like, he, he almost seems to have trouble putting together sentences. And I don't think that's by an accident. Like, Manu Bennett's Deathstroke is super loquacious. He yeah. talks, he makes jokes, he's like he's like a normal person other than right. he likes killing people and that yeah. he's a little off. But this guy, which is why I'm digging him so much, seems a little more real like not realistic, it's more to the canon of who Deathstroke is, where he's so much like he only thinks in how to take apart people, he only thinks in how to kill people. Right. And therefore, like, you know, yeah, that's like kinda of just shooting the shooting the issue with him. Like and he can't he can't even begin to try to relate. Right. Like he he doesn't even attempt. Yeah. And the point where he's making jokes, like he's in like every time he made a joke, like it's like Deathstroke you see him in his head contemplating. Should I just kill this dude right now and just yeah. find another <laughs> stooge to do what I need to do? Like, cause I don't have time for this. And so far, I'm really digging the portrayal. I thought that, I think he's doing a great job. Yeah, I think this guy's doing a fantastic job. He looks so calculating. I think that's another thing that's kind of mm-hmm. different from New Bennett. Um, like this, that's true. He looks like he's just constantly uh, planning how he's going to destroy the Titans, which again makes this, <laughs> this seem so personal. Um, but, but I mean, that is very, very Deathstroke um, uh, of him. Because while he is a mercenary, he's very, he's very dedicated to to getting his mark. Very similar to Boba Fett in that in that way to compare it to a Star Wars character, but um, but yeah, so I'm absolutely loving this Deathstroke. I think the costume is fantastic. Right now, I probably prefer this costume to the Arrow costume, but uh, I I just want to see him fight. I want to see him do something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, Asai uh, Morales, by the way, who's playing Deathstroke in yes. Titans. He shout deserves out. the shout out. Uh, 
the, the full shout out here. Um, let's continue on. Let's wrap the show talking about Krypton. So as you said, as we said earlier in the show, we haven't uh, talked about Krypton in a while. So this is more kind of a season series recap now that it's over that right, we've yeah. seen it. Uh, this was a pretty good season. Uh, I didn't. I ended up liking it, and I talked about how in the first few episodes I was kind of unsure about where they were going. I really wasn't feeling Lobo. Um, it seemed like they were very far off from any real goal or any real conflict. Even I didn't know. I guess the conflict was Zod. I guess bugging out, but it didn't seem like there was really any um, urgency to stop him because it like it just didn't seem like there was really. Like, okay, other than him, like, kind of, like, being, like, a strong-armed military guy, like, it didn't, it didn't seem like he was doing that much that, like, needed for him to be removed immediately. Right. Uh, I think that pretty much after we stopped watching, or at least reviewing it, I think that pretty much changed. <laughs> I feel like it, they did ratchet up his uh, his psychotic behavior and his, like, iron fist way of ruling in a way that did make it more urgent, like, oh, yeah, no, they got to get rid of this guy. Right. And... The one thing I liked about Krypton this season, and the one thing I would say about it as a show, and I wanted to ask you about this because you love Gotham so much, is to me, clearly these are two shows that, it, it, like, I'm watching the show today, I'm like, oh, this all makes a lot of sense, like, everything they've done, both of these shows. Because this show gives you a lot of Superman lore. Yep. A lot of Superman mythos, just like Batman, I mean, excuse me, Gotham did the same thing with Batman, even though we don't see Batman or Superman in either of these shows. But when we talked about, we I feel like I learned so much about uh, when the show got canceled, like how much the uh, the licensing rights cost for these studios to do these shows. They gotta get their money's worth. So now it makes a lot of sense. Like you're not gonna if you're doing a Krypton show, like no, you're not gonna not bring in Zod and Doomsday and like every possible <laughs> Krypton Brainiac because you're paying out of the got Wazoo. Like yeah. you, you're gonna give it all, and I'm sure Fox felt the same way about. Gotham, like no, we're not gonna just focus three seasons on you know the Falcon. Like we're gonna we're gonna also make sure we bring in the Mister Freeze because we're paying all this money for it. I feel like comparing both of those shows, even though Krypton was only two seasons, I think that the way they incorporated those more current uh, iterations of Superman, uh, you know, elements, I thought they did it way better than Gotham did. I, I feel like. Zod's, um, Zod's appearance, Doomsday's appearance, um, there's someone else also. Oh, Lobo, I'll, I'll say it didn't work for me. A lot of people didn't like it. I would, I would say Lobo, no. But, uh, even like using the Black Mercy, like, like the way they kind of like made really large calls to Superman stuff that's very much known for current superman not like stuff from the past in krypton right brainiac was the last big one all of them hit beautifully why do you think that is and do you agree with me well first of all i do agree i i very much enjoyed um all the big bads that they brought back um i even enjoyed lobo personally mm-hmm. um but i uh i mean one of the standouts for me was doomsday because i mean I mean, now that is Doomsday. I mean, forget this BVS stuff. That was yeah. That oh, was man. Doom, that was Doomsday. That it's so funny you compare them to BVS. I didn't even think about comparing them to BVS. But yeah, he that was way better. That that, that was Doomsday was a hundred. I mean, you see better. him stepping on people's heads and ripping heads off. Like that's Doomsday. what Doomsday is supposed to be. 
Like it's crazy. And and the way they wrote it, because I was like, how are they even gonna do Doomsday? But they did it, and it worked. <laughs> I, I I could not believe that we got that much from him. Yeah, I mean, I I knew they had to. I was like, they not they can't tease Doomsday and not give us Doomsday. What do you think about them giving him a backstory, like a, a true a true it. backstory? I love that backstory. Mm. That's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I agree. That, that was that, fantastic. That, I, thought, I thought it was a great episode. Too. I completely did not see that coming. I was like, they're giving Doomsday a backstory, and it's yeah. a good backstory. It is very dark, but that is a good backstory. And the notion, like, there's so much that goes, so much into it, like the notion that. Superman's ancestors are what killed him. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's like crazy. even you think about that, like like super like, and when you see the experiments, how it was the Zod dude that was like, "Yo, fam, this is too much." <laughs> right. And it was the L that was like, "Nah, we gonna go through with this." Yeah. Like also it was such an interesting twist and an interesting, such a unique thing about how just like it kind of speaks to how you aren't your you know your ancestors. Like right. you don't like yeah. like just because your ancestor, your great grandfather, your great grandmother was a certain way doesn't mean you're gonna be that way. Right. Like clearly at this point in time, that L maybe with the L's we're thinking at that time were a lot more ruthless. And the Zods were a lot more like, you know, maybe hesitant to kinda go, you know, all or nothing on very like morally ambiguous type experiments. Right. To see that shift happen and change. I think and it really speaks to the entire show because we see how Lyda is different than Zod, how right. Lyda is different from her mom, yes. how Seg is different from Superman, and how Seg is different from his grandfather and his mother and father. Yeah. And like, like I think that, that that was one theme of this show that they did a great job of illustrating, and that was the episode that absolutely did a great job of it. And adding, I agree, I agree. I thought that Doomsday, I thought his, like, adding something to him, him being an actual Kryptonian person, not like just some... Yes, he's an experiment, but he's not just some like lab experiment, so to speak. Right. That they just created. Yeah. That was like also pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. I was bugging. Yeah, I was I was very impressed. I I'm upset we don't have another season. Yeah, I was gonna tell you. I'm mean, why I kind of teased it earlier in the show. I think that this show did not, unlike certain shows like Agents of Shield and um, there's some other shows in there that certainly knew the writing was on the wall every every year so they kind of wrote their shows so that if it ended like it, it was fine right like this show didn't to me did not do that that much yeah, like yes they not. stopped zod and right. zod is kind of done but you got brainiac sending them just shows up to earth brainiac's pulling up to earth <laughs> like like they yeah and we don't know what nessa's doing we like that didn't yeah. even get solved yeah she just showed up she's on some other planet Trying yep. to find people flying Jor-El. around. Yeah, and we don't. Yeah, I looked. Were those the hawk people? Look like it could have been. They had wings. Yeah, they I, all had wings. I'm pretty sure that's where she is. Oh, she's on Thanagar. That's crazy. I think I, that that's what it looked like to me. Come on, like that. They they are they are people. They're not birds. Yeah, they're and they people. Have, and they have wings. And they all have wings. So if you're a DC and you're talking about if people with wings and they're not, you know, birds, then. That's that has to be that has to be what yeah. it is. So now you're introducing the Hawkman, Hawk Girl, yeah, vibe into this show. That's a lot to just leave off. But that's what happened. I, it tells me that I don't know if these showrunners knew that they were like on that the nice. Yeah, because I don't know how you show like that and you can't follow through. Right. But yeah, man, it's really a shame. I really very much enjoy, enjoyed this season. 
Um, uh, I thought uh, I thought all the character, all the actors and actresses did a, did a very solid job. Um, I love the stories they told. I love. I mean, the guy that played Zod, man, hats off to him, man. He did a fantastic job. Yeah, uh, Colin Sa- Colin Salmon. Yes, he did a fantastic job playing General Zod. Um, I was already impressed with him from last season, but this season he stepped it up even more. Yeah, which I was not expecting. So, I mean, he really like carried this show. Um, he like carried this season on his back. He was he was fantastic. Yeah, I thought that. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think he was probably. I think he was the strongest point of the season of this show. Maybe even he was uh, tremendous. I, I, what do you think about that twist that like Lyda was under the black mercy for almost this entire time? I loved it. I absolutely did not see it coming. Um, and usually I don't like that stuff, that clone stuff. I was upset when they killed Lyda. I was like, what? I think everybody was. Yeah, yeah I was like, like every, how the show felt is how I think the viewers felt. Right. Yeah. I was like, how the, you know, really? everyone reacted. Yeah. Like, what? Was, Especially was, when like Jack Sor had like nothing to her character after. Yeah, there was nothing. I'm just like, it was like they just exiled her. And that was it. It was like so the one of the biggest characters on the show gets killed off by like a nobody. Yeah. And then like that's it. It's over. Yeah, that's it. I'm just like I was just like, Ugh. all right. And then they, they had the episode where they showed he's under the Black Mercy. I was like, whoa. What a great usage of the Black Mercy, too. Oh, yeah. Yep. I kind of was upset that, that like, this... And I I got to give sci-fi a little bit of heat here. They, they should not have um, teased the Black Mercy in the preview to that episode. Uh, I thought that was a bad idea. I didn't even... Like, I, I didn't see... I, didn't, I get that, it. That one, I didn't even see the preview. Oh, yeah, I saw it after episode 6, like, or 7, whatever it was. Yeah. Like, like I, I get, like, again, that brings eyeballs, like... Anybody who knows any of us, Superman sees Black Mercy, like, oh my god, I gotta watch this episode. Um, but like, if you would have, if they would have like just dropped it and like nobody knew that was happening, right. like that would have been crazy. Yeah, I, I, it was crazy when I, when the episode started and like they also did a lot of stuff with like uh, timelines, like kind of doing nonlinear storytelling. They did it more this season, and I don't think they did it at all last season. But like how the show episode starts with like. Uh, with you know Lida and you know say y'all talking about running away and stuff, right. like the way it sounded and after seeing Lida die and like, I thought Sagal was under the Black Mercy. Oh wow, because they, again they were doing nonlinear storytelling a lot. Right. I thought maybe this was a flash forward and somehow he had been captured already and then this was you know them showing that they were gonna tell us how it all happened. Right. So like it was a super super twist when Lida turned out to still be alive. And I, I agree that that was a close call. That could have been goofy, but again, I think I like how they established like using current Superman themes and story elements to the past to tell this past previous preclude story, and it worked. Like Zod having knowledge from his future and using elements to help him makes a lot of sense. So him realizing that his mother was not going to go forward with anything he was doing right and feeling like what's something i can do to completely incapacitate her and from stopping me but also not kill her right and him going to black mercy makes a ton of sense it makes it makes all the sense in the world um the cloning aspect okay you need to get a little goofy there but i think it also spoke to like him 
like like his reaction to like her 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 death, right? Because he he says like yeah when she died even though it was a clone I still felt bad. It, maybe he's telling the truth, but you kind of don't know like yep. because he he because he carries out his other actions by like dumping his chest about you saw they killed my mother like everything he's telling his his lackeys and his people that are mind controlled essentially like he's using this outrage that would be a true outrage had it been his real mother is false <laughs> so when he says i really did feel that way you don't i kind of don't believe him because how could you possibly go on for episode and after episode like using this like dumping you know this this rallying cry knowing that that wasn't a real person that that was a clone right like it's it, it spoke to his craziness but that's why that job was awesome that's why i loved that twist yeah and I think one of the main reasons I didn't mind the twist is because they had already established cloning in the last season. They did. Because if they didn't, I'd have been like, so what, now they're cloning people? Right. When did that start? Yeah. But I was like, oh, well, I mean, this is a clone, and they already established cloning and all that. So I was like, this, I like what they're doing here. So I, again, man, I had to talk to the writers. I thought they did a good job. I thought this season was even better than last season. And I didn't hate last season. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, people got to start signing to change.org. Go to change.org. <laughs> you know, sign the petition. Donate. Did you did you feel like of all the characters, though, that there was someone who really never got their money's worth of being on, on the show? It was Adam Strange. Yeah, I just feel like I he kind of was like a nobody. I by feel, the like, end of the series, I, I feel like they were kind of trying to build him to something for maybe future seasons, but. You know, yeah, he does get his uh jetpack by the end, which was, which was really cool, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I just feel like you know, they kind of really propped them up in season one, they did, yeah. and and it just never hit like he never came to really any fruition of anything of note. So yeah. I was, I was kind of bummed that we didn't get more from him, yeah. especially because I thought that actor was good, yeah. Like, I, I didn't, really I didn't dislike that. I really enjoyed his character, but like they never yeah. really gave him anything. Yeah, he's just Adam Strange, kind of just for name value. Exactly, I totally agree with that. He was just a name. Like he, you only cared about him because he was someone that you know. Right. But they didn't give him anything uh, to 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 make that character any uh, worthy in any way. Right. Uh, were there any other aspects of this season you uh, that you wanted to touch on before we got here, or anything um, that stood out to you? Uh, no, I mean, I, uh, I mean, the stuff with the insurgency, I mean, if I had to pick any flaw, I mean, I think that drag, that storyline dragged a little bit, uh, with the insurgency on the, on, on, what was it, Wake Thor? Mm-hmm. Thought that dragged just a little bit, but I was very satisfied once they got, we we're kind of gearing towards the, the climax of the season. So I'd agree. Yeah, I thought the rebels were very uninteresting. Yeah, that's the whole storyline kind of just dragged. I was like, oh, okay. And I think, and I think they kind of got stuck with a lot of uninteresting characters. They got Seg's homeboy, who like yeah, Seg's homeboy. He's a good, good dude, but I don't care about him. I like Adam Strange, but they didn't have him do anything. Right. Seg's grandpa's boring. Like they didn't, like they they put together a a ragtag group. About people I don't care about. Like, I cared way more about, like, even, like, uh, Lada's mother right. and the other dude. Like, they were a lot more interesting in what right. they were doing on, on the snowy, you know, part of the planet. Right. Whatever. Like, that was way more interesting than anything the insurgents were doing. They were supposed to be the big 
adversaries to Zod. Right. So yeah, they they were, yeah, that 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 storyline I agree didn't really hit on very much. Um, the, I felt like the lie once the lie to the fake lie to death happened, like it just like that was it. Like that was really I think to me what they were building up towards with them. Right. Yeah. And while the lie to turn was great, I think it might have actually maybe cut a little bit of the legs underneath them that it was ended up being for nothing. Jackson yeah. was just exiled. Lada wasn't actually dead. <laughs> so it was like we, we've built up like them kind of having this game of chicken with Zod and them kind of winning, but in a very gruesome way. And then nothing happening. Uh, Yeah, no, I like this. I like this season. I tell you what, I think I think I didn't like Brainiac as much this season as I did last season. Okay. I found him a little more annoying. Uh, uh, I agree. I feel like he was absent a lot of this season. So, because last season he was so he was so dominant last season. Yeah, he was that we kind of have just him like kind of in these like I feel like ever since Batman Arkham, uh, whatever the last Arkham Knight I guess was Arkham Knight. Like ever since Arkham Knight, everyone wants to do the having uh having a villain in your head thing. This is like the second or third show that's done that. Like the same thing like with Batman talking to Joker. Like this was the same thing to me. Yeah, I, like you know, it's like the same effect. Even if they going, they going about it in a different way. Right. So here, like, Brandon was literally in Zeg's head. But there are other, like, uh, there have been other shows and other like mediums that kind of done the same thing. Mm. And it's like it's very, it's becoming very obvious to me. And I would say some people say, oh, well, how do you know it's not like just them just thinking about it themselves? That's like, but when it's always superheroes that are doing it, and you know that those people who create these shows also played Batman Arkham like you know that's what they're getting it from and of course Batman Arkham didn't invent it there are plenty of shows that have done that kind of joke before but the fact that I've seen it now this has to be at least the second or third time I've seen it since uh since they've since they've done it we had Tommy Merlin in and Oliver's head a couple in the last season of Arrow Mm -hmm. like the fact that I've seen it so many times since that game came out it's just like driving me crazy So the fact that they used Brainiac like that so often this season was annoying. Yeah, I didn't mind it as much. Um, I thought it could have gotten annoying, but then he left. They got rid of him. That's true. He just was out of the picture. Yeah, then he just left. Which was fine. Um, But then he was absent for most of the season. Mm -hmm. So kind of took teeth away from him a little bit. Yeah. Um, But I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Krypton. Uh, I wish I would have stayed up with it more when it was out every week. Honestly, than watching it like in a yeah, I was fashion. watching. I kept telling you, you gotta watch it. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It's unfortunate that the season is not. There's no new season, uh, especially because I don't know what sci-fi is gonna replace with it. That's gonna be better. But who knows? Maybe they will. Uh, but yeah, like Shamari said, there's there's a petition out there if you really want to see yeah, man. Krypton back. Sign a petition, and uh, and maybe we'll get to review it again someday. But that with that being it, uh, we'll want to thank you guys for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. Of course, we do podcasts every week, um, not just this show, but also sports talk and also the Imperial broadcast. You can catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, uh, go to our YouTube page, New Generation Media. Follow us on Twitter at New Generation Pod, on Instagram, New Generation Podcast, and on uh, uh, Facebook, New Generation Media. Um, follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at Action EJ. You can find Shamari on Snapchat and Instagram, MCSham22. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Hero Talk. 
Bashmari. I'm EJ. Peace.